Hi, this is Teen Stock Politics, and welcome back. I'm Sam, and today I'm joined by my co-host Andrew. Hello. And uh, there's been a we've been out for a while, but there's been a lot happening in the news. Obviously, we have the uh, Ukraine invasion, and did last episode do had they even invaded yet? Um, we yes, I think they had invaded. and We were it was, talking. It was early days. It was the early days, and we were like discussing how it could advance. Mm-hmm. And it, it's advanced much slower than I think a lot, a lot of people have anticipated mm-hmm. because the Ukrainian forces have fired back towards the Russian forces, which I think a lot of us weren't really expecting, mm-hmm. right? But again, with the massive military support and stuff like that from other NATO nations and UN nations, obviously Ukraine's not in Well, NATO. no one's put troops on the ground yet. Nobody's troops. We've sent billions of dollars, not we, but NATO and United Nations as a whole have sent billions of dollars to support uh ukraine but anyway so and then we obviously have the recent uh uh supreme court uh confirmation of katanji brown jackson who we had kind of seen rise to the ranks of the shortlist and stuff like that up to the eventual confirmation and it was interesting to say the least um, at the Supreme Court, there were tears, there were threats, there were all sorts of stuff. And so we'll get into that later. But first, we're going to start on the kind of the home front of the Russians and what's going on there. And so there's been a lot of, obviously, Russia has, has a authoritarian dictator government, but the the amount of misinformation being spread across the Russian nation is insane. I think there was this rally from I this was very famous. This was about three weeks ago of Putin demanded everybody to go to the stadium. Like not demanded, but was paying you five dollars to go to the stadium. And when they were talking about the war in Ukraine, they were spreading lies saying we're almost to Kiev. We're almost there. We're they're about to surrender and it was this big rally and it was hilarious like through means like tiktok and facebook which has been shut down in uh, russia at this point uh we see just the absurdity of the situation people were going to get their cards stamped in the stadium and then immediately leaving claiming the five dollars which is a lot more in russia at this point and leaving I mean, at this point, the Russian currency has gone down in value so much, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're talking $5, I don't know if it's 5 in their currency or our currency. It's $5 in their currency. But- so it's not worth anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, the inflation, especially with all the economic sanctions going on in Russia right now, their currency is dead, their economy is dead. And Putin continues to just push forward. And a lot of the public supports him. His approval rating is in around 80% or so, high 70%. And that's all because of Russian uh, misinformation because you have you don't have freedom of the press there. They have a state-controlled television mm-hmm. where we've seen – I think we might have spoken about this last time with just news anchors that have just left in protest. And then a lot of them have been tracked down, killed, or arrested. So you see the people protest on live television. But for the most part, it is just Russia propaganda trying to get public support from the Russian people to back the current president, Putin, which will probably remain 
the president of Russia for the time being. Mm-hmm. And I mean, speaking of keeping him in power, you have Biden. I don't know how long ago this was, two mm-hmm. weeks ago, a week ago, where he was they were talking about how he cannot remain in power. And then the White House backtracked saying that's not what Biden meant because he can't mm-hmm. really say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's an, an interesting comment on the like Russian economy. When you usually think of when an economy goes into severe debt, that inflation happens. But since all of these accounts are being frozen, Russia can't afford to print more money because then they'll make the frozen accounts less valuable. And so that's why people are, instead of actually there being just an, a surplus of bills and Russian stuff, Russia can't even afford to print them. And so if you, you have the situation where Russia, all of their accounts are frozen, $5 now is worth, in $5 in Russia now is worth twice as much as it used to be. And gas prices are soaring. People are using like sleds to get around like a Russia. It's, it's just really desperate. There's been talks about sending relief into Russia and Ukraine because the citizens cannot uh, like survive on their own. And I feel like one country did this. Uh, was like Finland, maybe? I don't know. Some, some country, or a few, I think, sent in support into literally Russia and Ukraine just so the people don't starve in Moscow. Well, think of this. If the Russian people are in desperate need of help to survive, doesn't that help them not back the current president? Because mm-hmm. they have all this propaganda yeah. to try to get them to support Putin. Mm-hmm. But if they're in such a horrible uh, like state with mm-hmm. their food, with their um, their salary, and how much money they have, as the, the amount they, they have is just gradually decreasing, um, you really have to think, will they continue to support Putin and maybe overthrow him if you have enough public support, which has happened mm-hmm. and passed in other countries. <laughs> 1918. But yeah, it's interesting to see how similar this is. I know that I made that 1918 joke to the fall of the Soviet Union, and even more similar to the fall of other authoritarian countries like Cuba and um, the and Russia back in uh, 1917. And so it's, it's getting eerily close. If Ukraine can hold out for a lot longer, and if Biden doesn't lift these sanctions, it's very possible that Russia is going to become very, very unpopular. Putin is going to become very unpopular, and they could be just in no place to do politics. Right. I mean, for the and them on the international stage right now, they're basically defeated in terms of their standing, which you were just basically talking about that, but that's more of a domestic thing between the standing with one, among the Russian people and the Russian government. But even with the Russian government versus almost all the other governments in the world, the amount of nations that have put in sanctions on Russia, it's really ruined their international standing. I believe we probably talked about this last time mm-hmm. on the last previous episode. But if the Russian government loses trust among international countries, which they ha- basically have already done, and they lose their standing among their own people, 
and Lou's are saying domestically, then I don't know how the Russian government would be able to stay in power. And that's basically the whole point of the propaganda mm-hmm. and uh, state television. And if that if state television wasn't there, I don't know like where Putin would be at this moment. Yeah. Because he controls what the public sees. And I've heard stories where there's a Ukrainian family calling a Russian relative and that Russian relative has only been getting their news from Russian TV and state television. And they don't believe what the Ukrainian relative is saying about all the terrible things that the uh, the Russian army has done to the Ukrainian people and what in actually in Ukraine mm-hmm. and how much like civilian casualties there has been because Russian TV is not reporting that kind of stuff. They're trying to only give you one side of the story and that's the Russian side of the story. And if you're Russian and only watching Russian television, you're going to believe that. Yeah. But there comes a point when things start getting absurd, like when Russia has to pay you to come to their rallies, when Russia has to crack, make you stop using Facebook and TikTok so that you don't get information they don't want. Like, then people start to become skeptical. And I don't know if any of you guys out there or here have watched Vox's um, special on uh, Russia's keys to power, but we've already seen um, two major, so there's four. There's the way Putin stays in power is via uh, oligarchs, via the people, via the media, and like via the military you can already see three of the four military people and oligarchs um and the media sorry four out of four have already started rejecting putin and so what's going to happen and it wasn't keys to power it was cards to power and that's something that's interesting because the oligarchs have all of their money frozen some are getting like attacked by the marines the u.s marines and being sent to jail and people are mad the media we've had seen those walkouts and stuff like that so what's next is this gonna be the end of putin's regime have you seen that video? I haven't, actually. You should, you should watch it's it. It's semi-recommended. I haven't watched <laughs> it, though. I mean, that's a good point, though. Who mm-hmm. is losing a lot of his his allies, really, yeah. whether it's the oligarchs or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, you have the oligarchs right now that are being... Their assets are frozen in other countries. Yeah, their super yachts are being mm-hmm. like stolen <laughs> by like the French government. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you're an oligarch and you're trusting Putin, mm-hmm. maybe not anymore. You're not going to be happy. None, I can't think of a single oligarch who is happy at Putin right now. But, of course, some oligarchs are going to continue trusting the Russian government, being like they'll be able to pull this off. They'll be able to take over all of Ukraine and get their economy rolling again. But that's again. the thing. If you Russia can't take Ukraine, the economy is still going to suffer, and Ukraine in Russia isn't going to like have as much popularity. <laughs> Putin's approval ratings are still going down. There's no rescuing him. And it's really interesting. Well, they're not really going down among his people, though. Because mm-hmm. like we talked about before, they're getting their information from state television that Putin mm-hmm. controls. Yeah. So the people watching Russia TV, TV is not going to be like, Putin is a bad president. They're going to only think very highly of Putin because Putin 
besides what they see about him. Mm-hmm. So his approval rating domestically isn't really changing. It's interesting, but how long can they keep this up? Basically, as long as he controls the, the press, which unless all the press just turns on him at one point, which I doubt which will was, happen. Well, we're seeing. Look, look at how many It's one by happened. one. It's mm-hmm. not going to be, oh, the whole news station is going to be. Rolling, I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to happen. Yeah. Putin has too much control over it. We'll see. But speaking of different warfare, we have, there's been, uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine has warned his people and NATO countries about how there's a possible chemical warfare attack inbound uh, for the people of Ukraine. And as we know, chemical warfare is against the Geneva Convention, and that would make a very easy war crime for Russia. Um, and so I think what ha- Zelensky is publicly announcing that was a very smart move because it now confirms that Zelensky has spies in Russia, which is the worst thing for Russia. But the best thing is, is Russia knows they can't hide it anymore. So if there's a chemical warfare attack, they can't blame it on something else. They can't blame it on like a biohazard at Chernobyl. They can't blame it on a like they can't blame it on an accident or something, or they just can't get away with it. And so that is some serious stuff. And especially with like uh, uh, Biden has accused Russia of genocide and has not taken it back. And it's interesting to see who's like the, these back and forth. Do you have any comments? If I want to know if we find more evidence of chemical warfare, Biden's already said that there will be consequences. Mm -hmm. What are these consequences? Well, they're proposing new sanctions, but that's not enough. I don't think sanctions is all that's going to be done. The U.S. has surprisingly provided very little military military support to Ukraine. They nobody's landed troops in the ground on the ground. Austria is considering is landing troops on the ground going to be the consequences? We're not we're not landing troops on the ground. That's not going to happen. But again, but we, if it continues to escalate like this, mm-hmm. we have anything's on the Zelensky table. Zelensky has asked for what twenty F twenty two Raptors from the United States. He's asked for a lot. But if Zelensky has battle, the the issue between Russia and Zelensky is Russia doesn't have any battle hardened troops. They have inexperienced officers inexperienced pilots, inexperienced gunmen and tankmen, and they were heavily underprepared for this invasion. On the the other side, Ukraine has veterans from the Crimea. Crimea, they've had veterans from other, like, municipal wars. Ukraine is not a stable country, but this is finally coming to their benefit. These pilots know how to fly these F-22s. These pilots know how to fly these F-16s. And so if Biden sends these planes into Ukraine, then this those are going to be very effective. And so that I think is a worth decent threat threat. I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't really think that's the case. I don't think Russian the Russian army is less experienced than the Ukrainian. Well, less trained. I mm-hmm. think the Ukrainian army probably has more experience. Mm-hmm. I think the Russian army is just as trained though. I think it's just they weren't expecting Ukraine to put up as good of a fight than that that they have, mm-hmm. and I think that's really where Russia's faltered. Yeah, but 
the issue is is all of the greatest armies in the like modern history let me take germany for example germany was not prepared to fight a war in world war ii against the allies they only had half the half the they had the germany had 800 tanks the french had 3.2 k and then the and even though they didn't have the arms they invaded and but since the french weren't battle-hardened they weren't ready germany had just come out of world world war one and they had battle-hardened veterans the french force was all dismissed and so their army was lacking it's the it doesn't matter who's trained it matters who's battle-hardened and it matter and it matters who has the diligence the drive in order to succeed putin doesn't have the support he doesn't have the he doesn't have the experience and he doesn't have the troops to in, or, in order to launch an extremely successful invasion on the other hand the only thing zelensky's lacking is good armament he has battle-hardened troops he has popular support among his people but he doesn't have the tanks or the jets he needs and that's a uh, that's why i think it's a decent threat well think of this when we were first looking at this who in thought that ukraine was going to fall just like afghanistan did mm-hmm. We go in by three days. That hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. But Russia, their strategy is going to be very similar to how the Taliban took over Afghanistan. Mm. The government's just going to fall. The president will flee. Zelensky mm-hmm. never fled. Mm-hmm. The Ukrainian army, regardless of how much equipment they had, they kept fighting. Mm-hmm. The Russian military was not ready for that, and their generals were not ready for that. Exactly. So, yes, they did have good training. Mm-hmm. They had more equipment. They had more men. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's the. It's not all about the size of your army, and that's why I think just twenty two, twenty million dollar planes, or no twenty twenty million dollar planes of F twenty twos. That's a lot of twenties, but just that. Just loaning that, or we're gonna probably lose them, but loaning that to Ukraine, is such a turning point because of just how ready these guys are to respond because the the ukrainian generals are in defense mode but if they turn it around they can turn it around quick and russia's not prepared to fall back the reason germany lost to the soviet union in world war ii and i'm using a lot of germany analogies is because they weren't prepared to fall back they didn't have defensive lines so they ran in the span of one winter all the way back from the Stalingrad all the way back to the Polish border. And that is something I need to take into consideration. They don't Russia doesn't have a fallout back plan. They they are only in attack mode. And Ukraine at the moment is only in defense mode, but just a few more planes will send them into attack mode and then they can with with their defensive lines they can just push I think, yes, giving them planes would be good, and it will actually give them a head start. I think it's less to do with the pilots. 
more to do with the leadership though because mm-hmm. if you have a general that does not know where to put these planes yeah i don't know how helpful those the planes French are going to be in world war ii had one of the best air forces in the world but they didn't have good generals there was no generals that were experienced in the air on the other hand we you had fighting ace fighter aces from world war one in germany who didn't have the best planes these were old planes that and there was only a few the luftwaffe was small but they used them decisively and when they could and that's how they won so that's a really good point Okay, yeah. this is going on way too long. Should we move on to? Yeah. Okay, let's just go on to the court hearings. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. So, Katanji Brown Jackson has been confirmed by the U.S. Senate, forty-seven to fifty-three, with fifty-three being um, in favor of her. We have all Democrats: Joe Manchin, Kristen Sinema, everybody, with the addition of Mitt Romney, which actually kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. Lisa Murkowski, that is, and Susan Collins, that did not surprise me. Those two, but Mitt Romney, he's conservative. But he also knows when to give in at the same yeah, time. That could help him, especially considering just his. The, is he is he up for election in twenty twenty two? No, no, he's up in twenty twenty four though. Okay. Um, but Mitt Romney, yeah, he surprised me. Of course, like I said, he gives in when he needs to give in. That's mm-hmm. he conceded immediately in twenty twelve. <laughs> so you know he he's one of those old Republicans that still have morals, which is something you should be able to say about most politicians, even as you definitely cannot, especially nowadays. But I just want to talk, the reason we brought this up is one, because this is a very historic nomination. We've talked about, I don't know if it was the last one, maybe the one before that, where we talked about Biden. He said he was going to nominate the first black woman to the court, and he went through with that promise, as he had said on the campaign trail. And there were three, and we, I mean, we talked about this last week, so if you want to hear that, you can watch that episode. Mm-hmm. But eventually, Katanji Brown-Jackson was the one that was decided on, and she used to be working in the circuit court thing in D.C., right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And had been previously uh, confirmed 51 to 49, maybe? 52 to 48? Yeah, it was something like that. So I think she got a better margin at, for the Supreme Court than she had last time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think it was about the same. Because I think Susan Collins, Murkowski, but it was also Graham also voted in favor of her. Tom Mitt Romney, Graham? I don't think. Lindsey Graham. No. Yes. I know for a fact it was Lindsey Graham. That's insane. You look it up. <laughs> um, but Lindsey Graham, going to the committee hearings that we had, when he was questioning her, and at the very end when he said what he was going to vote for, said that this was the first Supreme Court nominee that he had voted against in his lifetime, and which I thought was kind of crazy, and of course... His reasoning's off because mm-hmm. what his main reason was she he was too, she was too soft on crime, speci- specifically on child pornography cases mm-hmm. with them catching people that were watching child pornography, recording, whatnot, and the court, and then giving them a softer sentence than recommended, even though she was well within her guidelines. Mm-hmm which doesn't make sense to me. And then you have people like Ted Cruz that, she, that her, was even worse. Her argument from what we just researched earlier, I think was all be it a softer sentence. Once they get out of, once they get out of that lock, they can't do it again. Cause they have their monitoring on their computer. And that seems like a better punishment, but whatever. That was just a comment. So like, and you have Ted Cruz who was, he pulled up a child's book Mm-hmm. That, and it basically plainly stated that the baby was racist in the child book. 
and then ask Katanji Brown Jackson if babies were racist. <laughs> it sounds like I'm making this up, doesn't it? It sounds like the Republicans are fine. And so maybe they are baby racists. I don't know. He asked her whether he could identify as Asian. What in the world is happening mm -hmm. in this world? Mm -hmm. I'm a white male, but mm -hmm. can I identify as Asian? Mm -hmm. Okay, in his case, he's See, Hispanic, this right? This is like, yeah, this is the stupidest thing because they're taking a real issue, trans rights, which has scientific backing, and then relating it to something that has no scientific backing but sounds similar the transracial which is just a stupid internet trend that has no scientific backing and then like gender dysphoria is a real thing racial dysphoria not a thing like there's no it's just stupid it's plainly racist and yeah it's just absurd i mean speaking of the gender issue we have marcia blackburn of tennessee asked her what the um what a woman was yeah. what the definition of a woman was she's and not she, a biologist and she said she couldn't answer because she was a biologist this is also a very controversial issue i get why she couldn't answer this people think she's going to be an activist judge but i'm like i don't know i don't know but she's not rgb and rgb couldn't even answer that question either like she literally this was this is weird but there's been instances where rgb said she couldn't answer rbg rbg so why did i say RGB? red <laughs> green blue <laughs> um she said before she passed away she told uh what was it uh what's his name the comedian that isn't one of the jimmies uh steve what's his name which one the the one with the glasses uh whatever he was on an interview with uh steve cohen or something or no what's his name anyway we'll figure it out but he was on an interview with her before she died and she asked, he asked what was a sandwich and is this is a hot dog a sandwich or a taco and she said she couldn't answer that question because she didn't have it in the rights and so it's it's judges can't answer every question and it's absurd to ask someone who has no biology experience what a girl or boy is like that's just the absurdity of it like you're not going to ask what's a sandwich like to like you're basically asking what's a sandwich to literally one of the most experienced court judges in the world yeah and she's not going to be a moderate she's obviously going to be very left-leaning but so is justice Breyer. so mm -hmm. for someone very similar to him to take uh his place makes sense she used to be used to work for him right mm -hmm. so i think it just makes sense in my mind for her to be the first black one one and also to have previously worked under justice Breyer. She perfectly, I think, fits that role, and their political views are very similar. And I just personally, I believe that she really will fit the role quite nicely. Because mm -hmm. you have to think, like, if you're a minority and you're trying to be the first mm -hmm. black woman, first black person to do something, first Hispanic woman to do something, you have to be so much more qualified than anyone else. Yeah. If you're actually looking, in, and she's sitting in front of these senators, she's more qualified to do that job than anybody there is to do theirs. Mm -hmm. Honestly. There is some very good truth to that. So, do you have anything else to say? I think that's it. Sorry I went on for a bit long about the whole warfare thing. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back soon enough, hopefully. And this has been Team Check Politics. Oh, we have an upcoming live stream coming up. I believe it's April 30th. April there, could be, there could be changes. But, but it's going to be 6 to 8 p.m. Yeah.
All right, thank you. Thank you so much.